Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I wanna love you, 
I want to seek you, I want to see you. Wednesday, 
We are going to participate today. Participate with your Wednesday. Developing healthy habits that will lead to perfection. Spiritual stability and spiritual growth. I, I talked about two things on Wednesday. I said, if you have developed healthy habits, you need to mind what you see. I talked about vision. I said what you see on a daily basis determines how you live. That was the part seven. Number two, I said we should mind what we listen to, what we subject our attention to, what we subject our ears to. I said if faith comes by hearing, it means fears, doubts, and everything will also creep into our lives the moment we begin to listen to the wrong things. Some people are depressed because of what they are paying attention to. Okay, so I guess we know what we are supposed to do. We expect at least two people to be on the bench. We can, we can do better. So we are going to move on today. What's the third thing that you need, the third habit to keep growing, to keep flourishing, to keep succeeding spiritually, to keep provoking perfection to come. So number three point is you need a consistent prayer life. You need a consistent, a persistent prayer life. You need a healthy prayer life. If you are to build healthy habits, you need a consistent prayer life that is based not from a place of where you use prayer as a weapon, but from a place of relationship with God, constant relationship with God. When you, when you work hard, who is the first person that you talk to? During the day, do you talk to God? Who is the last person you speak to before you go to bed? Who is always in your mind? Who is always in your heart? Ask your neighbor, when you first wake up, do you go to your phone or you go to God's throne? Ask your neighbor, when you first wake up, what's the first thing that you go to? Your phone or God's throne? What's their answer? They look for their phone also. Yes. Glory <laughs> to God. So the first person who has the pleasure, who has the privilege of hearing from you first, the person who hears from you during the day, the person that hears from you last before you go to bed, determines who and what you value in your life. I believe prayer is something that is very important in the eyes of God. Because if it 
wasn't important, God would not demand you and I to pray. You can imagine God demands that we pray. God expects us to pray. And his prayer is very important in the eyes of God. And if God values prayer, we must value it even more. Because it's a privilege, it's an opportunity God has given us to commune with Him. So why does God deem prayer something very important? Why does God expect us to pray? It's because prayer connects us to Him. Through prayer we speak to Him and He speaks to us. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is talking to God and God talking to you. Through prayer, your relationship with God flourishes. Your relationship with God grows. Prayer draws you closer to God. He hears from you and you hear from Him through prayer. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Verse 2. Let me show you something quickly. Colossians 2. And in Colossians 4, verse 2. From the Amplified, the Bible says, Be persistent and devoted to prayer. The Bible does not just say pray. It says, Be persistent. The Bible does not just say pray once. It says, Be persistent. Now, to persist is to do something over and over. Repeatedly. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Be alert and focused in your prayer life. Can you imagine that you have a prayer life? Now, how fit, how healthy is your prayer life? When I'm almost like your physical life is happening, some of you, your prayer life is very thin, very thin. Some of you are very clean in the uh, when you look at it. The outward appearance and everything, but how clean is your closet? Do service it? Being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. So one of the things that keeps you alert in the spirit, one of the things that helps your prayer life to be healthy is when you have an attitude of thanksgiving. Complaining weakens your spirit man. Complaining will not cause you to hear the voice of God. You will not be alert in the spirit. Complaining will actually cause you and make you more alert to listen to wrong voices. You will listen to the voice of Satan. Complaining, that's what complaining will Complaining will cause you to focus on what's not working. One is to avoid what is working in your life. Complaining will cause you to begin to enlarge even small, small, small problems. I've said this time without number. I said complaining and praise are both magnifying glasses. When you praise God, when you praise God, even a big problem will seem small. 
Have you observed? Huh? So it's a magnifying glass. When you begin to press God, meaning you're enlarging God's capacity and your problem becomes smaller. When you're complaining, you are lessening God's capacity and your problem becomes bigger. So to default is to commit ourselves, to give ourselves fully. Other versions say, be committed. Now we are further toward Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every occasion. So meaning, you can be sweeping, you can be washing, you can be working, you can be, you can be in school and learning. But what God expects of you is that your prayer life must always be alert. Your spirit must be in constant communication with God. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Have you seen that? We are taught the same thing. Be consistent. Be persistent in your prayers. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Let's go to verse 19. And pray for me to ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews. And Gentiles alike. Do you have time praying for me? Do you pray for your pastors? Do you pray for your leaders? Or maybe you are always praying, God, you end up changing my pussy and running. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul said, Pray for me that I can speak the word of God boldly. But before we talk about praying for Paul, we have been told in verse 18 how we are supposed to pray at all times. In the Spirit, on every occasion. How many of you have, have gone to a hungry lion recently? Let me see your hands. Those of you who have not gone there recently, we are going to take one by the grace of God when we have money. We invite you. Let me see your hands. How many have gone recently? Wow. How many like it's been one, one two, three years since you have been seen? I can't remember. Okay, okay, so it's been five Okay, so the last time you are having a meal, let's say in a restaurant or maybe in a takeaway, hungry lion. Galatians and other eating places. Did you pray? <laughs> or maybe some of you think you don't need to pray in such places. <coughs> we pray. My wife could be having a meeting. Even the other time we had, we had a meeting with the guys at Hungry Lion, we, we, we bought some, a lot of chicken and chips. We prayed. You can imagine it was a weekend because it was busy. 
they were looking people, we prayed. We bowed down our heads, we closed our eyes and we prayed one question. But I'm not saying now, we're not going to go out, to the bed, let's not. Don't pray, just eat. <laughs> just eat. I'm sitting here in the spiritual room. Pray at all times. In the spirit, on every occasion. So the Bible is telling us, commune with God. Commune with God. Even when you're having exams, you're studying, it is, it is not just your mind that is mastering stuff. You are talking to God to show you which pages you should be flipping. Even in your relationship, you are talking to God to make things work. If that person is wasting your time, you say, God, take them away. So God is expecting us to always pray because he doesn't want nothing. He doesn't want anything to distract us or take us away from him. So, in other words, we are taught, we are supposed to always have our minds on God. Persevere in your prayers. <coughs> For the Bible to tell us to say prayer at all times, persevere, be persistent in your prayers, is because one of the things That is difficult to do is being consistent in praying. There are people that start praying, but not everybody continues to pray. There are very few people that have made that pray every, every day. Very few people. Sometimes you may feel like nothing is. Is happening, but that's no reason why you should stop praying. Because prayer is not based on emotions. Prayer is relationship. Prayer is not on There are times you, you will not always feel butterflies in your bed. You will not always feel the love. But the truth of the matter is that you are married. Glory to God. Even Karabu, you are not better than Someone greets you. You know what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes just ask them, ah, man, well. you know, but it does not take away the fact that you're married. So if you always wait until you feel like praying, then you will never pray. There is a place where you pray, not that you feel like praying, but you pray, pray, pray until you feel like praying. Even if you don't feel like praying, God is expecting us to pray at all times. Glory to God. Many people stop praying because they see nothing happening. Sometimes prayer may not always change things, but prayer is changing things in your life. Let me say it this way. Prayer may not change things, but prayer is changing you. Every time you pray, your prayer reaches God. So no prayer is wasted. No prayer is wasted. No opportunity with God is wasted. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, 20. Quickly. Always be joyful. 
Never stop praying. Can you imagine? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. That's it. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So in reality, prayer is invisible. I'm reminded of the invisible. The invisible hand of God. The invisible presence of God in the book of Esther. God is not mentioned directly in the book of Esther, but God is on every page in the book of Esther. So prayer is invisible. We pray. We don't see sometimes what's happening. And that's the reason why, especially about being day, you should work on this. You are always waiting, even when someone is praying for, you are always waiting for them to shake for you to know something has happened. That's why you've missed it. But there is a, a place where you can pray. I was going to town. I don't know if it was still morning, but 11 to 12. So I entered this bus. The very soon would be saying, I was driving down, the way. So I sat, minding my own business. There were people in the back seat. So I heard this guy scream. Everyone of us, we looked at him. So he was with these two men, a gentleman like my age. Then we asked the uncle, the and the uncle said, no, we were guys and I were yesterday. Then I kept quiet. I could tell, I said, oh, you have noticed that yet. So I said, okay, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But then, it just made me think that, you know, your presence can just provoke some things. I even told them, did you take him for prayers? He said, no, I'm pastor. I said, just take, take him for prayers. It's going to be fine. Prayer is the breath that connects you and I to the kingdom of God. Could you go up and I'm up all the time? But you know, you're you breathing also. So it's not like. But you know you are breathing also. So even when it comes to prayer, it's not always that you will see tangible results. But something is happening. Something is happening. Keep on praying. Remember the man of God in the book of Kings who kept on sending his servant to go and check about seven times. The man of God said, I hear the abundance of the rain. You can imagine, but there was nothing. He went to check for about seven times. He came back and he said, I saw a cloud the size of a feast. Now that same cloud, the size of a feast, resulted in the abundant rain that time. So one of 
the things that the devil consistently seeks to attack before he can detach you from God. Before he can destroy you, he wants to take away your prayer life. If Satan can take away your prayer life, he can do anything with your life. That in Yahweh, and that your simple pepper about my one, and that your sisters about my one. I'm not talking about just shouting in God's presence or producing words. I'm talking about relating with God. So the devil consistently, that's the reason why it's not easy to pray. Even pastors, even my boosters, even people that sing in church, people that serve in church, ministers, prophets, what, what, they don't find it easy to pray. I'm not talking about playing in God's presence. I'm talking about praying. It's not easy to pray because the devil understands the power of prayer. So he seeks, he does what he can by all means to distract you, to cause you not to pray. If he can take away your prayer life, he can easily distract you. And he will eventually destroy you. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. These are Words that will challenge you. Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and not lose heart. You can imagine. Let's read again. Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. So people easily give up. So when you feel like not praying, that's the best time to pray. I'm just encouraging you. I'm not saying no. Sometimes when the devil plants laziness, it's the best time to pray. My point is that keep on praying, pray at all times. So God wants us to pray without ceasing because he wants to have an unceasing relationship with us. The kind of relationship that doesn't end. God wants us to pray without ceasing because he wants to answer without ceasing. He wants us to pray without ceasing because he wants to answer without ceasing. You can imagine Jesus was saying up to now, you have not asked for anything. Ask that it may be given so that your joy may be what? May be full. So there is an abundance of resources in the heaven that are waiting for men and women that will go down on their knees and pray so that the gates of heaven may be unlocked. It's not just those who walk. That have the door open. It's not just those that seek ones that have the door open. Let's go to Matthew 7 quickly. It is those that seek and keep on seeking. 
It is those that knock and keep on knocking. It is those that ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. And it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. I've had people approach. I, I talk to people that have got what sounds like valid reasons as to why they stop praying. Do you know that if you can just pray one more time, that door is going to open. If you can just hold on one more time, I've you realize that sometimes when when you feel you are too low and you're about to give up, God can't. How many of you have found yourselves? Watch that In the next moment, you're now confessing and say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for insulting you. I didn't know this door was going to open. How many of you have been there? I don't know if you've never been there. I've been there several times. Where sometimes you feel like nothing is, is happening. You know you need to pray, but you're frustrated because you don't see the results you're expecting. At the moment, you feel like giving up. Sometimes there is a place where you just pray for the sake of it. I can assure you, you're going to provoke staff. And God just opens the door. Jesus is expecting us to believe before we can see. Not believing only when we see. That level is for babes in the spirits, it's for children in the spirit. The level of believing only when you see is for the doubting Thomases. But the mature believers, those that are growing spiritually, are expected to believe even when they have not seen. They are expected to believe the Lord's report. Even when the economy is saying, you know what, Quacha keeps on depreciating, we believe the report of the Lord. You know what? Yes, Quacha is depreciating. Don't you think it's also an advantage to some extent if you have to receive dollars? I speak a mystery. Uh, hallelujah. If someone was to send you hundred dollars now, they will be sending you two thousand two hundred. But the problem with you, sir, problems will never seem to end in your life because you are always focusing on problems. The Bible says all things, not some things, all things is referring to all things. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Let's go to the saints. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 3.3 Call unto me and I will answer you. And tell you and even show you great and mighty things. Things which have been confined and hidden. So prayer unlocks the mysteries of God.
God is saying, when you pray, I will tell you and I will show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden. There are certain revelations that you will have access to only when you pray. There are certain revelations you will not get when you read the word of God, but you only get them when you pray. Which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. So, that health, the habit number three that you need is to pray every day. Because your relationship with God depends on it. When you stop praying, you start dying. Like I mentioned, praise our breath, praise our oxygen in the spiritual realm. Your spirit man depends on it. Praise is your spiritual oxygen. Without it, you cannot breathe properly in the spirit, in the spiritual realm. And if you can't breathe properly, what's going to happen? You will start suffocating in the spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, quickly. The Bible says, Do not crash. Subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do you know how you can quench God's activities in your life? The moment the Holy Spirit is getting you to go pray and you say, I am starting now. I am washing plates now. I am sweeping now. I am working now. I need to go to the barber shop now. I'm busy. The moment the Holy Spirit is knocking you to pray, there is something that is happening. I, I, I showed my wife something that happened. Around you two. Um... I think I reached on close to it yesterday night. Was very tired. But after having my supper, I sat on our couch, my usual spot, <coughs> and I dozed. So I woke up. I think around one or two because I think to wake up. You know where you feel strongly that you need to check on someone. And the moment you text them, that person says, I was actually asking God who I, who I was going to send this money to. Do not quench the spirit. Don't be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you have missed your answers from God because the day God told you, check on this person, you never did that. Sometimes it's because you, 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 you don't or did like them. Just say, La, nah, be. And your pussy. And I'm missing Oh, I'm not saying it happened this morning. It happened sometime back. <laughs> So don't shorter your prayer. 
James chapter 5, verse 16. We're going to read the deep parts. Therefore, confess your sins to one another for your first steps and That's a topic for another day. I want us to start from the heartfelt. The Bible says the heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous man. Believer can accomplish much when put into action and made active, made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Don't always wait for emotions. Your prayer should be heartfelt. You don't need to, to, to feel your prayers. God needs to feel them. When Jesus was saying, these people want to be with their lips and their hearts are far away. What you should focus on is having the heart part of your prayers. The heartfelt and persistent prayer. You keep on knocking, you keep on knocking on the door of heaven. Can accomplish much. For prayer is like a building project. The day you will not pray, no one will build your building for you. If you are to buy land and start building, you don't expect you don't answer my three causes. Now that I will never seven causes. At my miracles, miracle beauty, our way. No. Now I say about three causes. Okay, the best adjustment, maybe it's two in our one. Or I'm going to get up with my The Bible says, wow, they said, the enemy came and saw tears. And then what happens when you stay for a very long time without praying? You have seen, for example, there is that unfinished house. You've noticed it. When it's been neglected like that, what happens? It starts dying. There are cracks. Eventually, it will go down. So when you stop praying, there are cracks in your spiritual life. You start going down. Eventually, you will die. And the place where you were established will remember you no more. Even in the kingdom of God, there is a place where if you just backslide, there is a place where you backslide and you come back to God. You start afresh. orientation class, foundation class, there is that place. So the key there is having a consistent prayer life. Prayer needs to become a daily part of you. There is more I can say about prayer, but my emphasis is this. Never stop praying. Never go a day without praying. Never do your business without praying. Never do your school without praying. Never do your marriage without praying. <coughs> Never do your ministry without praying. Pray at all times and see God at work in your life. Jude 20. Jude 1 20. Jude only has one, one chapter. So when I say Jude 20, that's what I mean. But you did, dear friends, 
use your most holy face to build yourselves up even stronger. How do you build yourself up even stronger? Pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. Pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. So prayer does not just strengthen your relationship with God. Prayer strengthens your faith in God. Let me say it again. Prayer does not just strengthen your relationship with God. Prayer strengthens your faith in God. You can give us the same scripture from TPT as we go to our fourth point. Which is our second point for today and our last point for today. Okay, don't even really know what that's But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. You may not be praying loudly. You may not be praying on a bus when someone is, when everybody is hearing you pray, but you can be praying in the Spirit at all times. Let's move on. What is the fourth healthy habit you need to be made perfect? Something that you need to see perfection. To see growth in the Spirit. Keep connecting. Keep fellowshipping. Keep connecting. Keep fellowshipping. Keep connecting. Keep fellowshipping. Keep connecting. Keep fellowshipping. That's our fourth point. But our second for today. And our last for today. Glory to God. Yeah, so some people are confused. It's our fourth because on Wednesday, everyone. One and two months. And today I'm giving you three and four. So if we have to start from point one, but today is our second point for today and it's our last point for today. I have two more points that I'll give you on Wednesday. I want to rest on number two. Hebrews 10 25. Keep connecting, keep fellowshipping. You know, I've read this scripture several times. But this week, the Lord allowed me to read it. He made me understand it in a different way. Let's go there. Let us not give up. Meet it together. This is talking about fellowship. As some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This bothered me. So even global church is a habit. It's a habit. It's a habit. Whatever my services you Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, it's an insult in their life. As some are in the habits, imagine, bother It's a habit. But for us, the Bible says, let us not give up. 
won't forsake. It's a command. If you are to understand this scripture, not complicating it, the Bible is saying, for you, your habit should be to be consistently and to be constantly committed to fellowship. Don't be like others who are in the habit of forsaking fellowship. Can you imagine that fellowship is one of the things that you need even as you look forward to the coming of Jesus? And one of the things that for sure that someone is not ready for the second coming of Jesus is when they are not committed to fellowship. As you see the day approaching, which day? You are able to see the day there, it even starts with capital letter T, referring to the day of the Lord, the second coming of Jesus. You can't say you are ready for the coming of Jesus. You are outside his presence. I know sometimes it sounds funny. Sometimes it sounds like we, we are making unreasonable comparisons. But here is the truth. Imagine if Jesus was to come now. You are in church. And someone is busy working on their field. Someone is busy washing. There are still things that are important to you, but they are not very important to God. As some are in the habit of doing. So the, the healthy uh, habit that you need is when fellowship becomes a habit in your life. It should become part of you. When you're in this church, you must feel bad. You must feel bad. So what's expected of all of us as believers is to be committed even more as we wait for the second coming of Jesus. Now let me tell you one thing. Just like in the jungle. Just like in the bush. Before the devil can destroy you, before the devil can attack and kill you, he will first isolate you. You've been watching animals on TV, National Geographic Channel, and other channels. When a lion wants to attack you, for example, a hyena, a lion will first try by all means to disperse them if, 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 if for example, those hyenas are in a group. And the one that will be isolated will become vulnerable. I'm sure some of you have noticed that a group of lions are able to attack A buffer. But even I have seen lions attacking a rhino. It's because when they are alone, they are vulnerable. 
So before the devil will attack you, before he will, he will pull you down, he will first isolate you. When they are alone, you can't see who is behind you. You can't see who is hiding, trying to stab you in the back. We are stronger when we are together in the body of Christ. I'm asking you, go and pray about it. There is something wrong. That feeling is not from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. Very better than Utumos. Because this scripture is deep. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. At that most body what we are aqua. Muzana akakuwa kisukisha mwanje. Umoyinya mutangizira. But wameda hasa kuwa ngatalieka. Mavudu inaeka. Mesilele. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now, when you read such scriptures, for example, if, if it's only marriage that comes to your mind, then you have the problem. Because even just our relationship with God is marriage. Are we not the bride? Is Jesus not the bridegroom? So now, if we are going to, to keep the fire burning, that's the way one is in there. We need to be knitted together. We need to be close to other believers. Next verse, please. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple pregnant court is not easily broken. Now, this is talking about believers who come together. The Bible says, where two must be gathered in my name. Remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were sworn in the fire, there was the fourth man. So when the Bible is telling us three are even better, the third that is being talked about is the presence of God in the midst of believers. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back. The three are even better. You have an advantage when you are committed to fellowship. I bet you observe that people that complain about are people that committed to church. Because the more you are committed to church, the word of God that you pay attention to will build more faith in you. You will stop complaining more than you glorify God. But if you complain more than you pray, 
praise God. It means sikola pansi pakamumaniki mumoyo wako chila voice yako. A faith comes by hearing. It does not end there. Romans 10 verse 17. And that hearing comes by the word of God. Now, you cannot tell me that wamele mucho kela. Mangala mbele moya mungu. Walo mbachekuchechi. Mbele moya mungu. Mungu you know what you do mbakongo mbacho kela. So this is talking about the importance of fellowship with other believers. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. Even the early church was a strong force. The early church was a thorn in the flesh of the enemy. The early church did tremendous things because they did forsake fellowship. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. This scripture hit differently. The key word there is and they continued. They continued. Steadfastly, firmly. That word steadfast. It is to hold on firmly. Bikida, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Breaking of bread, holy communion. Not well when you hear that. And in prayers. We're talking about a consistent prayer life. So we cannot talk about the, the impact of the early church if we're not going to talk about their continuous commitment to fellowship, to the word of God, sacraments, and prayers. Just when your breakthrough was about to happen, you get up. You stopped. I was showing Charles yesterday something in Psalms 27, verse 13 to 14. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait and I say, wait on the Lord. So there is a place where we all feel like giving up. But you know what? The Bible says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. As you wait on God, God is going to strengthen you unless you're waiting on something else. So keep connecting, keep fellowshipping. If that becomes a daily part of you, then you are going to see God at work in your life. So the key word there is that they continued. It's very easy to start, but not many people are consistent. So if fellowship becomes a daily part of you, it will excite you. How do you feel? For example, Mr. Manza, when you wake up, and the thought comes, it's Wednesday today, say, ah, that I have changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember Mr. Wise was telling me last week, um, it was on Saturday. <coughs> I think he had prepared. So the wife noticed that. Mm -hmm. 
that I went to end up church. You know, the preparation when Papa to end up church. My memory, Papa told me, I think I went up church. So the wife asked, Why not go to church? I said, Why not go to church? The wife said, No, the Sunday is in the morning. Have you forgotten? You have to start preparing for church. Do you get excited when it's time for church? A time of fellowship is an opportunity to encounter God with other believers. A time of fellowship is an opportunity to encounter God in a special way. Those of you that have been coming for services and you will agree with me that there has never been a service that you will say, but in service is the wrong age. Every service has got its own anointing. Every teaching has got its own grace and its own blessing. So a time of fellowship is an opportunity to get encouraged. An opportunity to stay strengthened. To become enlightened and so much more. Psalms 122. Glory to God. This is what the psalmist said. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, Now, if going to church is not important, can you imagine David? Why was David glad? At one time, when God pointed me to this scripture, I don't know if you hear God. I hear God. I do. So it's like what David was doing when they taught him to church. David was excited. It was like, Zakena. He knew where this is the same man who was saying, I'm going to look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So David knew that a time in God's presence is a time to provoke the presence of God in our lives. It's a time to get solutions for the problems that we are facing on a daily basis. David was excited because if there was any sickness in his body, he knew when he goes to God's presence, he was going to encounter healing. So if it does not excite you the moment you're supposed to go to church, the question I have for you is what, ex what excites you? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My best days during the week is not when I have money. It's going to be God's presence. So whatever I get to have and celebrate is just the result of my fellowship with God. I told you when we were writing and we told the examples. Even with that. Great 12, I come with my friend Blessed. Great 9, I come with my friend Lena God and the rest. You know where you set that alarm? 
Ala miyalina uwe mtu uwe chisipo chika kuchini. Dada. Preset. Guys. Ka chest ka menenge. Mburi. Pama sikiti. Aka chete mtigelemo. Kwa chete mtigelemo sikiti. And we, I, I can assure you, we saw the hand of God. We saw the hand of God. I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is a place where you, you miss your blessing. When service in the house of God offends you, you miss your blessing. Imagine you're sleeping in church. Maybe Mrs. Marley says, okay, I'm going to sleep. This is the My is upset. Now let me tell you the danger. Remember when John the Baptist was in prison? He got offended. And he began questioning if that was really Jesus. He said, ask him, can you imagine someone that introduced you is now doubting if you're the one? Go and ask him, is he the one who should wait for somebody else? When Jesus was given that news, he said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. John the Baptist had every right to be offended because he expected Jesus to pay him a visit in his problems. But Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. There are some of you, when you are unwell, like I remember, child of the other week was not, was not okay. I didn't go there. I assigned people to go there because I was working on something. So if Tyler is offended and says, me, I wanted the pastor to come see me. Not the people that he sent. Not even the wife. If the delegation that I have sent cannot be respected, you don't, it's not like you don't respect those people. You don't respect them. It's not my life. I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Allah's scripture. Psalms 133. I, I, I don't want to overlook you. I want you to go just with two points. Have a consistent prayer life. Keep connected, keep fellowship with those two points. If they become habits in your life, you will see what God will do for you. No one who is committed to the work of God doesn't have God working in their life. If you are committed to the work of God, the Lord is committed to working in your life. Very committed. Very committed. I have seen it. Sometimes I'm, 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 I'm tempted to give you personal testimonies, but I, I feel it's premature to do that. But I have seen God do stuff. Crazy miracles. Okay, I'll share, I'll share, I'll share, I'll share some testimonies tomorrow in church. Let's read this. How wonderful. How pleasing. 
It is when God's people all come together as one. How wonderful. How pleasing. It pleases God. Have you understood Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, where the Bible says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Imagine when God is happy, you are strengthened in your life. But then the Bible says, It pleases God when God's people dwell together in unity. When we come together as one, let's go to this. It is like a sweet smelling oil that is poured over the high priest's head and runs down his beard, flowing over his robes. It is like a gentle rain from Mount Hebron falling on Mount Zion. Ah. It is there that the Lord has promised his blessing of eternal life. This is the common scripture where there is unity, where there is fellowship, the Lord commands and blessing. Acts chapter 2. The Bible says, when they were assembled in one place, ah, the Spirit of the Lord descended. Fellowship. Attracts God. Can you imagine God said, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I will come. I will come. I'll be there in their midst. So fellowship is an automatic invitation of God's presence. Fellowship is an automatic invitation of God's presence. Even before you start praying, because you are separate in the name of God, God is already there. Let no one lie to you. That to Christ. Hey, Christ, No, there is a place for your personal relationship with God, but there is also a place for corporate fellowship. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mind to win and filled the whole house where they were sitting. But now let's go to verse 1. Before this happened, we are taught when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. So sometimes, why is it that we can be in the same presence of God and we experience different things, we get different answers, and then we are not in one accord? There is a place where sometimes the man of God is saying, God is here. I sense his presence. And that is when someone is now busy looking for his way to manifest in the house. Looking at the special expressions of people as they are praying. When they spot this funny face, they even poke their neighbor. What is they doing that you are missing? They were all with one accord in one place. Meaning their minds were connected and committed to the Lord. I will explain more tomorrow as, as we were introducing classes. I've, I've been working on things that I want all of you to learn. So, for you that have come to start preparing, 
We can put our stuff Next week, we are going to have two classes, but you are only required to attend one. Just one. Okay, I will explain to you. I will going to explain to you more. There are specific people. Just my media guys. These guys will attend most of them because I need them around. When you attend these classes, they will be intensive. Now, um, haven't you observed that sometimes I'm, I give you points that sound very simple, like just be committed to church, <laughs> be consistent, because those are things that we are taught. No, we still be careful, but then, do you actually get to a place where you are committed to live a life of prayer? They want us to pray. May God thank God for the word. I don't know how you've been challenged, but I know you've been spoken to. I know some of you have felt rebuked. I know some of you have been inspired. Some of you have been encouraged because your labor in the Lord is not in there. I want you to pray thanking God for this word because every time the word of God is preached, the Bible says the entrance of God's word brings forth light and understanding. There is a certain understanding, there is a certain light that has come in your life. I want you to pray. Thank you, God, for the word. In Jesus' name, let's begin to pray. King of glory, we want to say thank you for speaking to our lives. Thank you for your grace today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We are so grateful. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is sweeter than honey. Your word quenches my thirst more than water. Your word satisfies me more than my personal fruit. Your word makes me happy. Your word gives me joy. Your word gives me direction. I love your word. I love your word. I'm so grateful. I want you to pray. In line with the two points for today. God, may I have a healthy, consistent prayer life. No matter what happens in my life, I'll pray. When things are okay, I'll pray. When things are hard, I'll pray. What is my point? I'll pray at all times. My prayer will not be dependent on my emotions. My prayer will not be dependent on my circumstances. My prayer will be dependent on my relationship with God. And I want you to pray and say, God, not only will I have a consistent prayer life, may I be committed to fellowship with other believers. May I keep, keep on connecting in Jesus' name. Yes. Open up your mouth and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, shake it in the name of Jesus.
Help us, help us to become consistent prayer life for God to be commissioned Jesus. To be called in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, God, I pray. Give us the grace, O oh God. Give 